Swear to me that everything that you've said about the Fireflies is true. I swear. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underground for episode 83. My name is David, and I am once again joined by Joseph. Wild West Kemp Style. Nations. And this is the show where every week we remind you... Politics ruins everything. Joseph, how's it going? It's going well, man. I just want to let the good people know that if they want to support the show which I imagine if they're listening to it, they do. They can go to our show notes where they can look on our direct.me link, or if you're listening on YouTube, you can go to the description and click our direct.me link there. And there you can find out how to support us uh, through our social media channels, our YouTube channel, Odyssey channel, our PayPal link donation, and our Bitcoin wallet address if you want to make any donations. Um, Keep in mind that once these uh, donations start coming in, the quality gets better. Uh, So... You know, we only have so much time, but uh, yeah, if you support the show, sorry, I just completely, I saw you typing and oh, it, my I bad. thought you were trying to write me a note. I'm not. My bad. <laughs> Let me uh, just close off of that screen so I don't see it. <laughs> it's everywhere because I got the notes pulled up on my browser. But anyway, if you want to support the show, the best things that you can do is you can download the episodes, share our YouTube because it's really growing, and our podcast everywhere, social media by word of mouth. And then also donating helps. You can do a $1 donation instead of recurring monthly on PayPal. Uh, If you want to, again, we like to utilize the value for value system here, which is donating in the form of your time, talent, and treasure. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, super excited about the stuff going on on YouTube. The Halo stuff's actually popping off a little bit this week, which is really good. Uh, the most recent review that we did for episode four is doing well. I mean, you know, it, it's not Lord of the Rings good, but it's it's good for our channel. And uh, all the other episodes are getting little bumps along the way, too, which has been really nice. Um, so if you guys are interested in how terrible that show is, uh, you can go check out those reviews over on YouTube. Uh, We're sacrificing our time for you. Yes. Yeah. It's funny to um, watch that trash. Pop culture mechanic, who is uh, someone that we met a couple weeks ago through streaming and Discord mm-hmm. and a few other things, he was like, "Man, he's like, uh, he's like, you guys are uh, something along the line of like, it's it's pretty great that you guys are taking your time to watch this like terrible show." And I had like thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, but really, it's like fifty minutes of a Thursday." And then mm-hmm. we talk about it for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, give or take, which I like. I actually enjoy that part of it because I like breaking the stuff down. And it's less about right. just being like, oh, it's trash because women or whatever. It's more yeah. like or because they race swapped the character. Yeah. which Hey, that stuff is important, but that's kind of like lower tier on the list, like and, low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's and we've talked about know. it. We don't we don't mm-hmm. have to bring it up in every single episode. 
because we're past that episode yep. one that stuff's there now you know and I'll, I'll bring up the suspicious number of like women in the show because mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot and they're you know in those like powerful roles and you're like eh, see what they're doing yeah um but yeah that's that stuff's going really well and i i like breaking that that stuff down um and uh to be honest like i it's such a small part of our week mm-hmm. you know if you if you really like put into context like us recording the podcast and then um you know actually watching things that we enjoy uh in other times during our week like i you know i don't i don't really think about it too much it just sucks like thursday definitely sucks just a little bit because that show is so bad um yes it, it, it does make it counting down the weeks yes yeah we only have what five episodes left is that five right episode left Ugh. we'll be we five have, episodes by the, left by the time people are hearing this we'll be about halfway through a little over halfway through the the season of halo so that'll and be I- I think, you know, we're doing this in preparation for the War of the Rings show. Yeah. And I think that's just going to be a fun disaster. You know what I mean? I think whereas we'll have more this fun is, with that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this is... Just, it's uh, rough, dude. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'm a little... I, I would say I'm a little worried that Halo, or that uh, Lord of the Rings could turn out the same way. Where yeah. it's like, it's just... It's a slog to get through. To get through. Because the people um, don't understand the source material, they don't have a care and a love for it, yeah. so and there's, it's just missing a ton of things. And yeah, and there's there's not enough like goofy insanity like there has been in some of the Star Wars stuff, uh, mm-hmm. to make it semi entertaining. Yes, yeah, that's that's the only thing. Because someone, uh, <laughs> I was I was on a a stream on Thursday and I had been telling everybody about the Halo stuff, and I was like, I think book of boba fett is actually at least from an entertainment standpoint better and one of the guys was like well i guess uh we should all just go jump off bridges now huh and i was like well, <laughs> well, well uh, that's how low the bar has gotten yeah i and it, it's tough I, I i think that um you gotta be a little bit careful uh just saying like nothing because i hear this quite a bit we were like nothing good has come out in the last 10 years right and i'm like well that's not true I'm like 19 Ooh, yeah. I'm like 1917 was good. Parasite was good. Jojo Parasite Rabbit was good. was good. And and this is and I think Man, even I though I, I I have to preface this by saying like a lot of the people who have I've there are more discussions and arguments that I've talked to about this stuff. Um I, I think sometimes we find ourselves falling along ideological lines a little too mm-hmm. much because of the political preferences or something stupid that the director said. Um and it's hard sometimes in certain groups like take Taika Waititi for instance right the guy's kind of dumb as far as his opinions are concerned like he said some pretty stupid things about Marvel um, and I'm sure he said some some stuff politically that you and I would both roll our eyes at but the guy can direct and it it's so it's it's one of those yep. things that's like look guys I understand you don't like this guy right and I understand that like Thor Ragnarok depending on who you are like I don't think it's as bad as everybody says that it is but I understand that people get annoyed by the fact that it's like oh that's when the humor was going everywhere but it's like yeah but Ty- that's why they brought Taika Waititi in because he has a very specific brand of humor well, um, and here's the thing I don't give a crap what the Dune directors p- political what his uh, ideology is uh-huh yeah he made a good movie I don't give a crap. You know what? We just need to get back to a time where celebrities and people in Hollywood just don't give your political opinion. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was thinking like, about that recently with somebody. 
Maybe there was is something I've been watching and I was like, oh, you know what it is? And this is something that's actually really refreshing. So mm-hmm. one of the best things about anime is that there aren't any real actors. So you don't have to worry about your favorite characters from like Full Metal Alchemist saying something stupid in real life and making mm-hmm. you dislike the show more. Because like, say for instance, like the uh, the the voice actor, right? Says something dumb. It's not nearly the same as if uh, someone from a show you really like comes out and says something really stupid. Right. Because that, that, in a way, it can really mess up you wanting to continue to watch the show. It Whereas can, for with, sure. with animation, it's not the same. Because you're like, it's not even really them. It's like they're lending their voice to a character. And, yep. and that's the only connection there really is. I've been thinking about actually getting into anime more, which I never thought I would say that. But just everybody, you especially, you being number yeah. one. But then other people around me just talking I have, it up about how great the story development and character development I'll give, you, the, I'll give you a couple them. recommendations when you're ready um, because you, okay. ha- you have to be careful with anime um, because it goes from levels of being like like really good to like really horny. <laughs> so you have Sailor Moon. Yeah, you, you have to like you have to you have to kind of bob and weave because it'll catch you off guard where you're like, oh, this show sounds really interesting. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, like are these guys okay? Like the people that made the show, like, are they all right? Is somebody checking on them? Um, but there's some, there's some good ones out there. Um, even some of the more recent stuff, um, it'd be really interesting. And I'm not like, and I've told this to people in the past, like I'm not a huge like anime guy. Um, I I don't like, never been either. Yeah. I don't like live and breathe by it. Like I liked a lot of it when I was younger, um, because Mm -hmm. it was on cartoon network a lot. And so that's that's the stuff I kind of like cut my teeth on. And it's the stuff that still makes me feel pretty good if I go back and watch some of it or I hear intros. Um, But I've been watching some of the some of the newer stuff and it's ranged from like, yeah, I really like this to just kind of like this is fine. (laughs) Yep. I'll tell you what, though, you were mentioning about not being excited for anything. I am excited for the Northmen. Same. Yeah, I'm trying to go. I'll say this. Say this. I heard it, so I'm going to make you hear it. Chris Gore said, he's already seen it, uh-huh. and he said that is as good as Game of Thrones was at its peak. What, dude. That's like the second half of that's, it. That's like, gore, a, like the, the, like He yeah. said people just die in insane ways that only like you ever really saw in Game of Thrones. Oh, dang. That's yeah, what he said. This will be really interesting because it, so Robert Eggers, the guy that directed it, his two, mm-hmm. I know, I think he's done a little bit more than that, but the two films that he's most known for are The Witch and The Lighthouse. Um, yep. And both of those are slow paced horror, the kind of surrealist horror movies, especially mm-hmm. um, The Lighthouse. Uh, I, was, I was talking to some people about it yesterday and they're like, oh, I haven't seen The Lighthouse. I'm like, look, you can watch it. I was like, but don't think that I'm recommending it to you. I was like because it's it's an art house film like that that's not a movie that you're you send like a normal per and I mean that in the nicest way like you don't you don't like recommend that to a normal person because they're right. they're gonna come out of it and be like I will never listen to a uh, suggestion from you ever again. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, man, no, I, know I what you mean. I, I it's it's kind of been nice, even if I like the the anime I'm watching right now is called Demon Slayer. Yeah, it's kind of like mid like it's fine. Uh, it, it, it's not a like huge commitment. Um, and t- 
two of the main characters are kind of insufferable. They're just yeah. they're one of them is like yell is just screaming all the time, right? Like his entire oh, that's his, the worst. Yeah, his entire characteristic is like he wants to be the strongest and he yells a lot at people, right? Like that's his personality. And then the other one is uh, is like obsessed with women and he's scared of everything. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I think so. Part of the problem is is that I, both Attack on Titan and Full Metal uh, Brotherhood have great characters in both of those series. So I think I've been a little spoiled early on. Mm. And so going into this, I'm like, this doesn't live up. Um, it's, yeah. it, it looks good. There's some, that's a good thing though, to have it something to compare it to, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, my, my plan is I got recommended one that's only like six episodes long, which I'm, I, you know, uh, that's the other thing you got to be careful with anime is like some of those shows run forever. Mm. Uh, I think Naruto was on the, the air for like t- 10 years. Or, I mean, there's Ooh. so many episodes. Um, One Piece is like over a thousand at this point. And it's at any time um, I go, oh yeah, I'm, I want some people to recommend their favorite animes to me. I go, except One Piece. Like, don't recommend, I'm not watching One Piece. Because um, <laughs> it's a huge time commitment. It's like four, but I mean, four like, months. Here's the thing. The reason why it works so well is because we're not getting these people's personal opinions. Yes. Just make us a show that you know shows us that you know and care for the source material well that's exciting because like if you actually end up watching a few of these um we might end up having some really good discussions because all i want to do is like talk about certain characters with people and sometimes i don't think people care as much as i do specifically about the characters in the show (laughs) yeah you know i just yeah no i think man like people the reason why entertainment matters is because it helps people get through times i remember yeah you know it helped me you know, being able to relate to different characters. One of the things wasn't the main thing. It wasn't for, it didn't mean to me like it, I think it meant for as helping him get through um, some difficult, difficult times when I was listening to him, but it did have, you know, stories, books, movies, TV shows, they're impactful to you and they can change you when you relate to a character. Oh, Hey, if this person made it through it, I can too, because You know, again, one of the things I loved about Lord of the Rings and the reason why it was so impactful for me, because it wasn't necessarily one particular individual in the Lord of the Rings, but it was the the principles and themes yeah. arriving from it, like uplifting. Right? Uh, yes, uh-huh. there are these terrible times going on, but as a strong man and a strong woman, you confront the terrible times and yeah. you rise above them. You figure it out, right? You uh, act in wisdom and love. Um, I have, I, and I may have mentioned this in, in a previous show, I have a much like much larger uh positive opinion of theoden than i did when i was younger um Mm. because and in fact he's not my favorite character he might have my favorite character arc in the movies Mm. um it's been a lot i'm going through the books again right now it's been a long time since i've read them i'm halfway through lord of the rings i'm finally out of the shire (laughs) (laughs) um and i've been reading it pretty slow like it's in my free time or like if i you know whatever the case may be if i have time i'll I'll sit down and like read a chapter or whatever um so i'm not going very fast um but as far as the movies are concerned the thing that got me is that like you know he starts out as a character who uh is essentially just like worthless right like he's been Mm -hmm. completely corrupted he's listening to uh worm tongue and uh that he gets woken up from that and his entire like mission 
from that point forward is to make sure that Rohan basically survives. Yep. Um, and then it goes a little beyond that, that it's like the world of men survives. Yep. And it all, and there's so much that you could talk about with that through two towers and return of the King. Um, but the fact that essentially his arc like culminates in a literal chant of death charging into uh, like in, in front of Gondor, it, it hits so hard if you really care about individual character arcs in stories. Yep. Um, Especially with that beautiful art from, you know, from when we see him in the two towers, right in the home seat, when he says, what can man do against uh-huh. such reckless hate? Yeah. And then you go from that, it takes Aragorn to inspire him. And then you go from that to, you know, chanting death as they're going in the battle. Mm-hmm. And, like, and him, uh, like in his whole uh like dude him telling his man i'm sorry him we have no hope but we're gonna meet them on the battlefield (laughs) because they're evil yep and and it's and he it's there's something about that understanding of the greater picture of the survival of mankind and he and he sees that he has to play a small part in that um, Mm -hmm. even though he pretty much knows he's going to his death um, and he has this like this the pill that he has is almost like to certain people you can relate is this kind of depressive despairish nature yeah. you know and those type of characters resonate yeah. with everyone but particular individuals too mm-hmm. as well yeah and to where it's like oh you know he has to rise above that uh-huh. he loses his like he wakes up from being um from sauron having um cast a spell over him so to say and wakes up from that and then he finds out that his son has been killed died in battle so he has to mourn that and then at the same time the survival for rohan right and rohan i should say and you know basically then it becomes the survival of mankind and everything so now enjoy what he also said to aragorn before the battle of helm's deep when he had said uh what was it that he said in the movies about um, that you know you don't have any hope here and he's like what do you think i should do just look them in the eye and tell them they're gonna die you know what i mean uh-huh. like i forget what the exact quote was yeah but if i could find it man it was just i was like man he has some good lines in the two towers and return of the king Ag- yeah agreed and and that, that's the thing that when when you go into some of this stuff uh, with anime in particular, it's not every character and everybody's not going to like every character, but right. you, you learn one of my favorite things. I keep pointing this out to, uh, Jake cause he, uh, he, he, he'll like ask me questions or like, I'll keep him updated about like what I'm watching or where I'm at. And I'm like, I, I was like, Hey, I have a question. It was like, is there any, uh, other reference to like this character, uh, being like in love with this character? And he's like, uh he's like i don't know and he's like well why do you ask and i was like because the show i'm pretty sure keeps giving subtle hints and if they're showing this stuff without you outright telling you that Mm -hmm. early on and in one case they never they never really go into it other than these kind of like subtle hints i'm like it's awesome i was like there's so much brilliance for instance and i won't spoil it because i want you to watch attack on titan at some point um there are two characters early on in the show um, well, it's just like arcane. That's all I was gonna say. Uh, no, it's well, it's way more brutal, like way okay. more brutal. Um, so there's two characters early on in the show. Uh, one of them uh, dies, and there is 
a couple subtle moments before and after this character dies where the other character it's the only time that you're ever shown or seeing this character drop their guard just a little bit it happens like really rarely in the show and that's this specific character which is one of the things i love about the show is that not everybody's like that it's not all they're all like hard and badasses right um a few of them are and some of them show it in different ways and some of them are more emotional than others um and they all kind of deal with it in in their own way and so uh this specific character drops their guard a couple times and so i i had text jake after that arc was pretty much done and i was like hey i was like was this character in love with this character and he goes oh i'm not he's like honestly i'm not really sure and i and i i pointed out a couple of these different moments to him and he goes yeah he's like that might actually be the case i'm like that's brilliant I was like, he never has to like have this whole monologue about how how much he loved this other character or what you know, uh, whatever it was. It's like it's these subtle moments of this character being someone who is straight faced, stonewalled all the time, but yep. in in moments of like actual like agony, you see those walls drop just a little bit, right? Yeah, you do. There's a subtlety to that that I'm I'm like, I need more of this. And that's what makes it so great is because when you're shown on screen something instead of told, it just conveys a lot deeper yeah. of a sense to you. Yeah. Um, and there's there's they it's what I love about and, and I know this is the case for older stuff within um, like Hollywood where they used to do things that were a little bit more subtle and they wouldn't just you know, it's not like that scene from Halo where Quan Ha's like, you killed my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, uh, it helps. To, you want to build on things, right? You want to build on characters, even in the small moments, even in the little things, in the way that they treat certain people versus yep. other people. And so if you're watching carefully enough, you go, oh, that's unusual for that character. Why'd they do that? It's like, mm-hmm. is, is, was that intentional? Um, exactly. And that's, that's what I really love. And it's something that I think a lot of these shows do really well uh, versus especially a lot of the stuff we see nowadays coming out of the States in particular. Um, man, and even like, uh, there's, mo- it's not perfect, but even moments in um, like Squid Game. Oh, yeah. There's stuff that works really, really, really well. well. And you just don't, you don't get that. Like, we're not getting that in Halo. We haven't gotten it in any of these things that you and I have been complaining about forever. So, And I just don't think these people are bright enough to, A, write dialogues to where the monologue resonates or even show you it's on screen without a monologue yeah you know what i mean they don't they don't understand yeah Um, whether that's from you know a lack of life experience a lack of understanding a lack of uh knowledge uh um or you know just everything being centered around ideology so when mm -hmm. you're trying so hard it's kind of like when we talk about you know you have expositional preaching which is preaching directly from the Bible, right? You're just going along verse by verse, directly saying what the Bible's saying, right? Yeah. Versus uh, topical preaching is that, you know, when you, the risk you run with topical preaching is that when you're going over, I'm going to focus on this topic, then you're reading into the verses, right? right what may not be there. Right. And so I think with, with what we see in Hollywood is that you have this ideology that they're, they're going topical and uh-huh. they're filtering everything through that. So they're reading into things that aren't there. Or that uh-huh. we're never there to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's, yeah, that, that's not a bad explanation of that. And they, you, you take that a little bit deeper and it becomes this thing where it, if their topical preaching is like, 
you know, the new Halo show is about powerful women, right? Like that's their right. topic. And so everything has to surround that. Everything that they, and you go, like this ruins characters. Like this isn't. It does. Because if know, everything has to surround that, then now you're limited and you don't have as much creative freedom, freedom right? To mm-hmm. write something that may not. Uh, jive well with uh-huh. the higher uppers. Yeah, and a lot of that comes from what they're doing with like freedom, the Freedom Rider stuff. Is it Freedom Riders? Is that right? The yes, the, I think you are right. I'll look it up. Their whole like deal where they're they're saying like you have to have certain percentages of people in this, and then there there's also a lot of stuff that's going through Hollywood right now where they're having like mandates as far as. Uh, you know, like a, a woman can't be beaten by a man in a fight and a woman, yeah. can, a woman can't be trained by a man. Um, there has to be I, I can't remember what the term is called, but there's this whole term. There's a terminology for like two women sitting together talking to each other. Um, some sort of random term that someone came up with that they like people are putting into to shows now and like yep. in everything. And it has to be a certain percentage of the show or the movie. Um and so, and that's kind of what you're talking about is that there's not creative freedom in what you're doing. So you can't surprise people with things as easily anymore, or you can't make these really interesting dynamic stories where um, a woman has to overcome certain obstacles because now she doesn't like with Ray, she doesn't have to worry about any of that. Mm-hmm. Nothing can, nothing can get in her way. Nothing can. There's no character art for, her. which is why, well, I'd have to go back and watch arcane again. But I imagine that's not a hundred percent true in that show. Um, that what? That that it's like, because I know like Vi gets beat up by everybody. Yep. Um, and then slowly, surely she gets Sil- better and better. Yeah, and Silco is technically over Jinx. Um. So yeah, that, I I think maybe that's another reason why that show works so well is because they they weren't having they weren't following along with these like guidelines and that's. Man, that's kind of one of the things that I'm hoping happens eventually is people just start bucking the system a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, whether they say it or not. And they're like, I'm making what I want to make. Like, get out of my yeah. way. Um, I, just I, make a good movie. Yeah. You, and here's the thing. I don't care if a movie has an, a, uh, a all-woman cast. Man, neither do I've I. Watched, I think I may have watched movies that have had all-women cast. But I've definitely have seen Master and Commander. That has all men as a, you know main characters, right? And yeah. Um, other well, movies as well, um, and so to me, it's just like it just depends on. I think diversity and representation, as we've said numerous times, are good where it makes sense. Yeah, right. Um, Annihilation's technically an entire female cast. Um, it's. I used to think that movie was really good, and I'll I'll still kind of stand stand by as far as like a, like visually, I I really like it. Um, but I both Mahler and Critical Drinker have like broken that movie down to the point where I'm like I can't. I can't recommend it anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I can't deny what's right in front of my face when someone pointed it yeah. out to me. Um, but there is, a, there's, everyone always points to like the bear in that movie, which is really cool. So I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the the bear when it eats people, uh, essentially adopts their vocal cords. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So the whole idea of what's going on in Annihilation is that this comet lands and it puts this like, um, uh, sort of like weird barrier over part of uh, the the U.S. And everything inside of it is like rapidly evolving in really weird ways. And so they send this team in to check it out. And one of the things that's in there is this bear. And so when the bear eats people, um, it gains like their vocal cords and it's the creepiest thing ever. So what what it does is it's crying out in the voice of someone that you know in order to tempt you to get closer to it so it can kill you. Mm. And it's terrifying. 
<laughs> and so that is cool. Everything else about that movie, it's kind of like nuts and really doesn't make a lot of sense um, in kind of a not great way. So anyway, hey, let's get into these topics um, now that we're about 30 minutes into the show. <laughs> um, and this first one, it, it kind of lines up exactly with what, with what we have been talking about. Um, and this first article comes from Bounding Into Comics. Um, the last of a star, Pedro Pascal says he wanted to create a healthy distance between live action series and original game. And I saw that nerd Roddick commented on this and said, so does the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, it's I, nobody wanted them. No normal person really wanted them to like that likes that first game. And we have to be specific that we're talking about the first game. Yes. Um, Cause the second one is, it's a thing. Yep. Uh, that's it's a, there. That's a topic for another time, I think. But yeah, that, uh, that game also has not held up in the court of public. That second game in particular has not held up in the court of public opinion uh, at all. Uh, it, it went from, getting like tens across the board the year that it came out to people being like, this is trash. Yes. <laughs> um, I just to understand all these Hollywood shows again, repeating the same mistake after mistake saying they want to create something original um, and distance themselves from the source material. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't either, man. Um, it's like, you, you don't want to see what the, you, what I wrote. You'd rather see what the author of, um, what you fell in love with wrote this, yes exactly <laughs> so the last of us was in a, an interesting position and this is actually something that was discussed a lot when uh, before the second game came out um, a lot of people didn't want another story with joel and ellie what okay. they what they wanted was like all right you guys are decent writers like you're you're doing a very scripted action adventure style game um, some, and especially when the first Last of Us came out, like that wasn't really a thing. It's everywhere now. Like everybody's, everybody all of a sudden in uh, like gaming, like those areas, they all thought that they were just like amazing writers. Mm -hmm. um, and for the most part, it's few and far between that the story is really that cool, especially the story that's, it's not really like lore, the lore that you can find within, but like what you're seeing in your face, like the beat for beat right. story in a game. Um, they're usually pretty terrible. Uh, it's either very uh, simplistic or if they try to make it too complicated, kind of a la The Last of Us Part Two, it, it usually turns out to be pretty bad. Um, and I, I think, um, oh shoot, who was the guy that that was over? It's been a while. I mean, that, that stuff was in the news like so long ago or whatever, but the guy who uh, pretty much was in, uh, in control of writing The First Last of Us or the second, yeah. the second Last of Us game, he... Uh, <laughs> I think he got a little too big for his own britches. Like his his head was kind of up in his cloud, up in the clouds when he was making the second game. Um, there's a couple interviews with him where he's like, he he, he fancies himself like an auteur, you know, oh, like he's yeah. he's one of the greatest writers that's ever existed because his first hey, game did really big. well. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, man. Um. You know the the usual red flags have begun to fly for HBO's upcoming live action adaptation of the Last of Us series. Uh, star Pedro Pascal has revealed that not only did he not engage with Naughty Dog's original works, but that he also wanted to create a healthy distance between his depiction of protagonist Joel Miller and the character's video game counterpart. 
Um, this was in a recent interview by GQ, and as a lot of people know, Pedro Pascal's not exactly, um, at least in certain circles of nerddom, he's kind of had a major fall from grace. Yes. Hey, I need you to take that thing off because your mic like completely disappeared. It's acting super weird. Oh, what thing? Oh, the <laughs> your light background. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> You're like popping in and out. That's fine. Oh, not turn the video off. Give me a second. <laughs> Change background. There we go. There we go. All right. That looks better anyway. I was trying to, you know, I don't have anything up yet, so I'm still working <laughs> on it. Getting there slowly but surely. Uh, all right. So he got asked, did you play the game? Uh, and he said, it's so sad. I haven't any skill to play it. And then it was only a matter of minutes before I had to hand it over to my nephew. Um, come on, man. Yeah, right. Uh, he was asked um, if he had watched his nephew play through the whole thing. Pascal then admitted, I watched for as long as I was able that day, and then I had to leave Florida. I found Joel so impressive. I found the whole of it such a visually impressive experience. So he has no, he has no idea. Yeah. He has no, no idea who this character is. And... Okay, it's it's annoying, mostly because there is a. I mean, this game's nearly ten years. It's probably over ten years old at this point. Um, wow. it, it there's a scene at the end of the game in particular where you need to be able to emotionally resonate and have a love for Joel. Mm-hmm. And this has like been an argument too that's been going on since the game came out about whether, uh, like, uh, whether Joel can be considered, like, Joel did the right thing or not. Um, because for those of you that don't know, I'm gonna I'll spoil the end of it. Um, so the whole point of The Last of Us is that uh, Joel is essentially like a mule or a coyote, if you will, like he transports whatever is needed through these really dangerous areas of the United States. Um, mm-hmm. This is a post-apocalyptic style world. Um, technically, they're zombies, but there's a whole uh, cordyceps style thing where they're infected, um, and so it's not exactly the same. But they're they are kind of essentially zombies. Um, and anyway, so <clears throat> he gets an assignment essentially to, or he gets paid to take Ellie from here to this base of. Uh, this group called the Fireflies. They're one of the like factions in the world. Mm-hmm. And the reason that, and he finds us out uh, not too long after he meets Ellie, um, that she is immune to bites from these creatures. So generally you get bit, you get infected with the cordyceps, you turn into one of these like mushroom monsters. Right. Ellie got bit, nothing happened to her. So the Fireflies believe that she can create a cure for everyone and the world can go back to some sort of normality. Um, so people aren't going to get infected by these creatures and die. Um, now there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, there's a lot of subtlety in that first game and, and a lot that has to be uh, considered when talking about Joel's decision at the end of the game to because what ends up happening is Joel finds out that Ellie has to be sacrificed uh, in order for this... Uh, surgery to happen to see if they can create a cure for uh, the cordyceps. Mm. Um, and Joel, instead of doing that, kills a majority of the fireflies and say takes Ellie away. 
Um, and so there's been a conversation since this game came out whether that was the right decision or not. It's like, was Ellie's life worth saving, right? And so no matter what you think about that, there's a need to understand what's going on in the world of The Last of Us, especially that first game, and the relationship between Joel and Ellie <clears throat> in order for the scene at the end of that game to make the impact that it did on people and to have mm -hmm. people to this day arguing about that. So this actor comes along, gets this role, and goes, nah, I watched, yep. I watched my nephew play for like 10 minutes. I don't want to imitate too much. It's, it's ridiculous, man. I, it is. I'm, I'm so over this. I mean, I'm probably... I say I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because I'm curious. Yeah, and, and we'll this, probably review it. And, yeah, and that's the thing. is like, we'll, We're going to end up talking about it on the show, I'm sure, because it's going to be on HBO. Um, yep. So we'll have ac access to it. That's like easy access for us. Um, and so... When's it supposed to come out? Probably not till next year. I don't think that I don't think it's coming out this Good. year. Yeah, we, there's enough garbage that we we're gonna have to sift through this. Year. Oh no, jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so it's this is the kind of stuff that they're doing now, where these these actors, right? And this is what so many of them don't understand, right? And we're gonna get into the second story because this this just shows you like how off base. Uh, a lot of these media outlets are too with this. Um, but we keep going back to Henry Cavill, right? Who mm -hmm. had, not only did he have a love for the character, right? But if he even went, I've never heard of Geralt of Rivia. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to take the time to play at least The Witcher 3, read some of the material, the books. I mean, maybe even all the books, right? Depending on how, like you're an actor, like your entire role is to envelop yourself in a character so you can play them the best mm -hmm. that's possible. You have all the source material for it and you don't even want to touch it. Yeah, that'd be like Heath Ledger or anybody else, Joaquin Phoenix, who, you know, being like, I'm not going to read for the Joker. Yeah. Pablo Pascal. I'm not going to read anything. He's a mid actor, dude. Like, it's, yeah, if that. Yeah, if that. It's one of those things. People like love him and I'm like, why? It's like, because he was in Game of Thrones. Was, Game of Thrones, Mandalorian. Like, he was good in Game of Thrones, but it didn't take much. No, uh, he, he it's not like, like it was an overtly complicated role. Yeah, he was a super like basic character. He just he yep. was he was fancy with his his weaponry, and he had kind of this uh, easy go lucky attitude. That was like mm -hmm. it. There wasn't anything complicated about him. So it it, it bugs me, man. Um, I yeah, I, yeah this, I is really this is really this is really disappointing. It, it seems like we spend a lot of times a lot of time talking about this with another actor coming out and saying something like this. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. So or another show we don't, we want to distance ourselves from the source material. Uh -huh. uh, so Andy wire had another article and I, I'm not going to read all this. It'll be in the show notes if people want to uh, take a look at it, but it says um, after decades of Hollywood failing to adapt popular video games, the genre might be starting to turn, turn a corner. Okay. Remember that Sonic the Hedgehog two is a bona fide blockbuster, meaning it made a lot of money. Not that it's really good. Okay, and then this is the next line, and this killed me, dude. Uh, cementing, uh, well, it says cementing the adaptation as a reliable franchise for Paramount, and Steven Spielberg's long gestating Halo series has Just earned stayed. decent reviews, a <laughs> massive accomplishment within much maligned genre. <laughs> That's so funny. So wow. anyway, um. It goes on that uh, Pedro Pascal compared The Last of Us to The Mandalorian, which is like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says there's a very, very creative way of honoring what's important and also preserving what's iconic to the experience of the video game, which he hasn't played, as we just yes. talked about. Uh, and also things that you wouldn't necessarily expect, Pascal said. That's that's scary. Uh, and then directions that you would expect it to go, and it might not. Uh, which is interesting, because it makes me wonder what exactly they're going to be doing with this story. Yeah. Um, because The Last of Us 2, people really hate what happens in the first hour of that. Um, mm. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, as The Last of Us is something that I am very ingrained in, for the most part. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they change things. Um, at least from that perspective, that that'll be that'll be interesting to kind of walk through with you. Yeah, uh, I like how in the beginning of this article they talk about Sonic the Hedgehog two. When the reason why it was so successful is because it stuck to the source material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> it did. Anyway, so I I don't have a whole lot of hope for this. I mean, this is the second time someone has come out and compared two things to each other. And it's just been like, what are you talking about? It's like that, remember last week with the director of Jurassic World? Yes. And he's like, the new dinosaurs like the Joker. Well, not only that, it's like you have the Witcher and you look at, okay, what's his most successful thing about the Witcher? And it's Henry Cavill, right? His portrayal of Geralt, right? Yeah. And um, it's these actors and actresses don't pick up on that. Like Henry is the, the glue that holds the show together, the gold, right? Yeah. And what did he do? Mimic that. Okay, he played the games, read the books, really got into the character, right? Uh-huh. And, and enjoyed it and loved it. And these guys didn't do that. Yeah, they just can't be bothered. They think they're yep. big. Essentially, what it comes down to is like they think that they're bigger than these roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens over and over again. And I, for this next one, I won't. I won't say that I know that for sure because I think a lot of the stuff going on with Halo was coming more from the writers' room. And the direct yeah. the direction and all that it wasn't uh, Pablo another Pablo um, yeah it wasn't himself like uh, Pablo Shriver right <clears throat> and I actually wanted to give him credit for what you're about to read like I think it's it's yeah. refreshing to see because this is, doesn't happen a ton in Hollywood anymore especially if he actually goes oh maybe Henry Cavill has the right idea maybe I should kind of look into what's going on with it. I mean like the fact that Henry Cavill was confident enough in his role as Geralt mm-hmm. to disagree with Lauren Histrich about the death of Roach. Yep. From making it a, uh, an, another sort of like Marvel comedy moment where this horrible thing has happened and someone has to come in and make like a, a dumb joke, uh, after that to try to lighten the mood. And he goes, no, you're not doing that. I, I think, you know, I know that. I know that. It's Roche gets killed a lot. I agree with you. Disappear disappears, book. or because I, I asked someone about this because mm-hmm. I, I I was unsure of it, and someone in our comments at one point said that um, it's a variety of things. Like he's had a lot of them. Yeah, I understand that. In, in my mind, it makes sense to. That's another character the audience can get attached to. Yeah. So it makes more sense to me. Again, this just I'm not a writer, but I'm just saying. You could build up that connection between him and Roach, keep building on it for a few seasons, and then eventually kill him off. It j- What's that? Oh, uh, yeah. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, you know what? I just realized I was muted for that entire moment. Oh, no. <laughs> I was drinking water. What I was, I don't know how much people missed that, but what I was saying is is that Roach lives for like a really long time, and uh, the the showrunner even realized it, and so you would have had this massive problem of this like 100-year-old horse that Geralt still has, and, eventually, and it's a small detail, really. I mean, in the grand right. scheme of how bad a lot of the... It, because it's the witcher it feels like it's a smaller detail compared to a mm -hmm. lot of other stuff um but yeah it's like the same horse from years and years before series born to when um <laughs> what's her fa uh it, to like you know when she's like supposed to be 12 or something like that right um which they screwed up then they screwed some of that up too i told you about that right yeah you did so it's like she's Lauren Histrit said, oh, we aged her up. She's supposed to be like 15 or 16. And then the first season, someone says, oh, she's 12. <laughs> and you're like, "Who? what are y'all doing on this set? Like, who's not keeping up with this stuff? Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, let's get let's get on to Pablo Schreiber and his, um, his, his little stuff. This is also from Bounding Into Comics. It says, uh, Halo star Pablo Schreiber responds to series critics. I respect your opinion and I love you too. Which I thought was, that's kind of interesting because it's like, did anyone say that they, anyway. Um, I mean, that's nice. I mean, I think it's refreshing to hear that from someone. Mm -hmm. I want to give credit where credit's due because a lot of times what we get is, yeah, that's you know, if you don't like it, you're some kind of isis, right? You're, yeah, isterphobe or. Yep. Um, did you want to read what he said? Yeah, so he says, huge thanks to everyone who has supported the show. We were the second most streamed piece of entertainment in the U.S. last week behind Oscar's Best Picture winner, Coda, and the most streamed in Canada. I don't even know how. With many more <laughs> territories coming to Paramount Plus soon, Halo is now officially a huge hit and soon to be a worldwide phenomenon. He optimist oh, no. optimistically added. Oh, Pablo. Moving to address... All the fan fans who have been waiting for this moment for so long and to the newcomers who have responded with such overwhelming support and love. Schreiber offered further thanks, asserting I am honored. Oops, I was reading off. Oh, you're page. reading off my thing? Sorry, here you go. Uh, I am honored and humbled to be in service to this amazing universe and lore. I'm looking up on Rotten Tomatoes. You're fine. I'm going to pull up the article. Bear with me, people, real fast. I'm going to read it from here. From Let me find this spot. I think it's right here. Yeah, here it is. The orange is the new black star, then turned to all the fans rooting against the home team who hated the show before they saw it and disagree with what we are doing. I respect your opinion and I love you too, because the truth is we love the same thing. I will keep working my butt off each and every day to make this show the best version of itself, to bring attention and respect to this halo universe. We love for all of us. <laughs> oh, Pablo. I know. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. I I don't understand this and I, they must but at be, least he's not talking down to anyone. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, He's definitely being a little more respectful. It makes you think like he feels pretty honored to actually be playing the role, even if it's kind of yeah. like I don't. I Not don't think the actual role. Yeah, of like, I don't. I, I don't know if you really realize what's going on, but 
um, it's got. How a, is that the most stream? Is he talking? He has to be saying just the most stream on Paramount. Well, it's definitely the most streamed thing on Paramount because there's nothing else on Paramount for the most part. Um, I yeah, I I don't know what those numbers are all about. It's it's got to be there. Okay, so the wording is always important with these things, and they have to be manipulating it to some degree, um, right. because it just doesn't make sense. No one's talking about this except for no us. one is. Yes, there, I went hardly. Out, okay, and when, and and you get on YouTube and you search people. At least when I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, people are talking about Halo, right? And the Halo videos aren't doing as well as their other videos are. Yeah. Or, you know, have done in the it's, past, right? It's us and Angry Joe and maybe like two other channels that are a little bigger than us. Yeah, because everybody gave their, watched a little bit of the first episode or and, watched it all and said, this is trash, yeah. don't watch it, and oh, that's it. I knew as soon as our first video did decent for episode one, and then the second one dropped uh, about 50% of viewership, mm -hmm. at least for a while, it's it's moving up a little bit more now. Um, yeah, I was like, man, this series can't be doing that well. Uh, I, I do, it's, it's happening for everybody, and that's normal. Like you, you get a little drop off. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about this thing. Um, everybody I've talked to about it, they're either like not they're not watching it. It's not available in some regions. I'm pretty sure Europe doesn't have Paramount Plus, so they can't even watch it yet without like a VPN. Mm. So it's it's very weird um, that he's saying that. But you're right. At least Pablo had the decency not well, to attack fans. Um, you know that. Yeah, right. You know that YouTube put it up. Episode one. Yeah, episode one, and then they took it off. <laughs> Because I bet it was getting creamed. Well, it only had like 18,000 views about a week after. Because I think it, it got put up a week after uh, the initial release of episode one. And yeah. it was like, I think at the first 24 hours, it only had like 18,000 views, which is terrible. Horrible. We have a video, yeah, uh, we have a video there, that's almost no at 18,000 the views. There's no way they're the most streamed. I, I just, I can't imagine it, man. Like, there's, there's no way that they're beaten out. I mean... I think there's probably stuff on YouTube on a, a daily basis that's getting more viewership than the Halo series is, um, and I think they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves because they've they're like we had talked about before they're already filming season two. Yep. Um, and it's like why? Like what? Oh, hopefully this next episode will have some action in it. Oh, like I hope. Like Master dude. Chief actually <laughs> fighting aliens. Like good night. Man. All right. Well, all these shows copying Game of Thrones trying to do 500 different storylines at one time. Like, yeah. bro, you're not Game of Thrones. Stop. That's the problem <laughs> that's going to be with Lord of the Rings. It's going to be keeping up with every single thread. Do you uh, do you want to save Nightmare Alley? Yeah, let's time? save it. Um, all right, y'all. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add, Joseph, before we close out the show? Don't watch Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power. Okay. Hey, also... <laughs> If it don't watch Halo, go watch yes. our reviews of Halo and support our channel. Yeah. Um, because that will be a more productive uh use of your time. And if you subscribe and click the notification bell when our videos for Halo come out on Thursdays, then or I'm sorry, on Fridays, you will get them. And uh You'll be able to watch it, engage with us, and then the same thing for when we start reviewing the Lord of the Rings as well. Yes, which I'm looking, I'm still looking forward to, even if it. I am too. Um, and we're getting, we're getting really close to that 300 subscribers on YouTube, which means all of our content will end up on Odyssey. Yep. Um, with and with the Lord of the Rings stuff, I more so than Halo and the Marvel stuff, 
Um, when it comes to Batman and Lord of the Rings, I really know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, I'm more confident in it. So that's really going to be fun pulling it apart. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to end up having like two hour episodes on those Lord yep. of the Rings episodes. <laughs> Oh, I mean, we're, man. like we're going our last episode of the halo thing was 45 minutes and it's it's performing better Ooh. than uh a lot of the other stuff that we've got um besides lord most of the lord of the Rings stuff it might even yeah. be challenging a couple of our lord of the rings videos um on the lower end uh which is great i mean it, it really is great like I'm, I'm i think we were both like super excited when when stuff really starts popping for us and um, yes we are yeah thank you guys so much for all the support um, don't forget to check out the links in the show notes for, you know, our donations and YouTube and social media and all that. Um, and we'll be back on Tuesday with more entertainment news. Uh, oh no, sorry. With more of the social news. And then of course the next Thursday with, uh, entertainment stuff and who knows what's going to happen between now and then, um, the things have been a little quiet. So I, I feel like we're due for some, some craziness. Agreed um, Too quiet. Anyway, uh, until then, guys, take it easy. Take it easy. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort, so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, because you can find it, homes it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense because your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed But I can't sit back and lurk, I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose And it's a beautiful thing too Uh Hold up Yeah, hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances I used to be on dial-up looking for answers now what underappreciating was candid and 20 years later we got computers that hand fit used to be playing sega genesis with bros now i'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe used to go through a label if you trying to blow now people got more options on the table gotta post social media got us connected as ever on every medium should be more righteous and clever but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious evil's immediate tedious that you gotta be remediate Cause idiots get heebie-jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike God forbid y'all disagree without a fight The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up Jack Your trifle for subject, your life would right if you give up that You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough At a sad sack that gets aggravated and now you pay it forward Let people make your blood boil, emotions firing like microwave foil Or the oil they annoy you, you add another's neck for the wrong reasons Election years now seeming like full-blown seasons Man You let politics ruin Or rather control Your whole life, man You're gonna be a miserable person Straight up And unfortunately, that's where we're at A lot of people are consumed by this And it's driving them crazy And they hate their neighbors Sad